Welcome to the latest episode of the I Need to Effing Talk to You podcast. If you are a leader who is serious about building your leadership skills and transforming your organizational culture, you are in the right place. I'm Russell Stratton. And I'm Ken Cameron. And in this episode, we need to effing talk to Carrie Fulmeck and Carolyn Charles from Equine Connection. Welcome to the podcast, you two. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. I'm excited. (laughs) And we're really excited to have you with us. So it's great to have you here with us. Now, I know that you've worked for quite a long time, quite a number of years with Russell in some work that the three of you have been doing for a while. And we'll get to that with our listeners. But first, let's start with the obvious question. Who are Equine Connection? Oh, yeah, that's a really great question, isn't it? We are a global company who helps people globally around the world do what it is what we do. And what do we do? We actually help human beings be able to move forward through the power of the horse, where the horse literally does the teaching. However, the one main certification piece that goes along with our company is the welfare of the horse has to come first in everything that we do. So we have objectively driven programs. It's all about building skills and being able to work with the horse to allow the horse to tell the humans things that need to be changed. Because the number one thing a horse needs to feel is safe. <laughs> and this is why we're able to work with horses because they are the barometer for safety and confused human beings. And I guess just so you can put voices to names, uh, I'm Carolyn Charles. I'm the director of sales and marketing as well as the instructor and facilitator for this glorious company. And you are Carrie Fulmet, <laughs> the founder and master instructor for the Equine Connection. And so you're both um, providing the um, equine leaderships workshops or sessions to clients, but you're also certifying and teaching other uh, uh, practitioners around the world in how to do the work that you do. Is that how I'm understanding your business and that it has these, these arms, so to speak? Yeah, you got it absolutely right. So when we first started, it was just doing the programs and being able to help different organizations, different youth groups, intake centers, that sort of thing, until we got to a point where we thought, this is other people should do this too. <laughs> this should be everywhere, all over the globe. And from there, we managed to grow and do these courses throughout Australia, throughout USA, Canada, and then we also Denmark. have facilitators in Abu Dhabi, Denmark, yep. all over the globe. And it really isn't about ever just keeping it all for ourselves. We fully believe that this information should be global. It should be people all over the world should be able to work with a horse to move forward and build the skills that they need to do so. So that's what we work towards doing. Plus we get to have our clients come in every week that really fills our bucket as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a huge network. And, but when we think about just Equine Connection, I'm going back to the first question that we asked was, who is Equine Connection? Is it just the two of you? How big is your team? Is there, do you have like a team of a hundred people that work with you or is it just the two of you? Well, no, that, that, no, that's a very good question. But Carolyn and myself mainly run the global company, but we actually do have two instructors in Australia that actually handle the other side of the world. And then, of course, we have a guru marketing social media, my daughter, actually, who's also certified, who handles the marketing piece for us because there's no way we can handle it all. Then we have a global team of over 400 certified facilitators because once you get certified with us, you're with us for life. We train you for life because it's all about collaborating and helping the human beings to help others to be able to move forward. It's not a 
Good luck to you. Hope you make it. (laughs) We stick together. So everybody around the globe has that same help moving forward. As far as running the organization, no, it really is the the five five of us. Five of us. We all speak a lot. So it's a little bit like the mafia then. Once once you're in, you never leave. Is that is that right? Yes, but we we they can choose to leave if they want to. Yeah, but they just won't want you. Okay. No, <laughs> they like being in the family. All right, okay, that, that's what the mafia say. People people could leave if they want to. They just never want to leave. Welcome to the family. You're with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talking of family, I think it would be remiss of us not to notice that there's been a new young addition in that your uh, daughter, Carson, that you mentioned, has just given birth to a, a bouncing baby boy. So congratulations yes. to her. Thank you so much. I'll let her know, Mr. Ripley James. Yeah, a handsome, handsome young man. All right. So, well, well congratulations to, to her and uh, there were some wonderful pictures that we've I've already seen of, of him looking with uh, mum and dad. So, that's uh, that's great. I won't call you grandma, though, Carrie. Um, or perhaps I can because you're not in the same room as me. So, perhaps I can get away with that. Yeah. she's. It's actually Jima. Yeah. Oh, Jima. Jima. It's way cooler. All right. See, so yeah, sound, 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 sounds, sounds cooler. But we're, we're good. Um, <laughs> So, and, and the idea with your work with, with horses, as Ken said in the intro, you know, I've worked with you for a number of years on and off for different different projects. And in fact, Ken and I originally met at a networking event in one of those early bleary-eyed mornings um, downtown Calgary when you used to be able to meet with people um, over coffee and pastry before listening to an engaging speaker. And um, we were introduced by a mutual contract, contact and who said, um, look, the two of you need to talk. She said, uh, Ken's been doing some um, storytelling um, at the uh, at the city of Calgary, and he does some interesting things there, and you've been doing some strange things with horses. Uh, which was the introduction. So you both sort of need to talk to each other because you sort of both do these strange things. And so I had to quickly explain to Ken that the, the strange things might not be what he had in mind uh, first came to his, his thought about there. So um, I'm going to ask you to, to tell our listeners, uh, what is equine-assisted learning? Um, and also, is there any science behind this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the very, very short answer, as Carrie said, is where the horses are the teachers. The longer reasoning behind that is that Horses are so innately sensitive and they work as amazing barometers to be able to react to the stimulus of the participants working with them. So through that, we basically put people outside their comfort zone of working together to get through an obstacle. And the horse is their teacher that works with them through it. So as the horses respond, we're able to step in as facilitators to notice that response from the horse and facilitate that change. So it's really all about skill development that we are trying to get people to that new next level or to a new space of leadership within their lives. And we kind of define leadership a little differently here too, in that it's being the leader of your own life, saying, yep, I'm good to go with this, or no, that is not what I'm going to be doing. But the horses demand that piece from us as well. As far as science being behind it, it's all based off of science. We we know, because we have worked with horses for so long, that they're basically like magical unicorns. But We need the science behind that to be able to support that piece. So the whole course itself is developed off of how wild herds work and why they work that way. And the developer of the program, Tamara McKinnon, took all of the research about wild horses and then all the research about how people learn. And she paired those two pieces together to be able to develop this type of hands-on learning for people to develop skills. 
as we've gone through, there's been studies done on the course itself, as well as we like the research piece. We bring research into what we do all the time so that there's always that scientific backing to it as well. And the one nice thing with this certification course is Tamara McKinnon is the one who actually designed. Yeah. Just uh, I want to always give her the kudos. She's the one who designed it because she gave it a beginning, a middle and an end. She developed them so that there was a predictable outcome. So there's always a resolve when and only when you run these programs in the way that they're designed. So they have been researched with the University of Calgary, Saskatchewan and Regina over a five-year period. So it's so exciting that this actual certification has a backing research component. And then, of course, everything else is about the horse in research and science, because we're not going to say when people come in and we say a horse can hear everything that you think and everything that you feel, they're like, who are these people? What do you mean? Kukuruku land. But it's because of the research and how we know how a horse actually thinks, because a horse can only think, act, and respond like a horse. They do not have a prefrontal cortex. We as humans do. So you see, we think a lot and we don't use our intuitive piece. Horses don't have a prefrontal cortex, so they're more feeling. So as soon as a human is in a conflict moment within themselves or they're not speaking or communicating. You see the horses reflected in that moment because the horse has to feel safe. Number one thing at all times, or he'll move away. He won't go for the person, whatever it is he's going to display to let us know that mm -mm, not safe, something is off to allow us to be able to step in to help that human to make a change for themselves. We don't tell them they come up with their their answers absolutely okay so i can see that you're sort of touching on that bit about how the horse acts as the teacher could you just expand on that a little bit for our listeners because i think you've probably intrigued them now as to um, how that actually works in like a typical exercise how's the horse teaching people i think maybe should i go to the fascia piece yeah i like the fascia piece so again this is going to the science science piece of it is that we know everything is made up of energy whether it be a table and a chair or us as human beings we have fascia bands throughout our entire body, which essentially are, it's like saran wrap that kind of holds all of your guts and muscles and stuff in place, which is kind of gross when you think of it like that, but super helpful within our bodies. But they're also the energy highways to our body. So as our molecules move through us, there's bands that kind of have them in place. So that's how everything needs to work. Now, this is almost like a hose as well. If you kink a hose, then that energy can't get through. When we have emotional responses, physical responses, pain, any of those things like that, it actually can cut off how that energy flows. These are the cool pieces that the horse being a prey animal and so sensitive can actually sense. So whether it be that you have a heartache and we, you know, like literally sometimes it hurts your heart when something happens, or if you are not, you're thinking one thing and you're feeling another, it essentially changes that flow within your body. That's what the horse is going to respond to is that, okay, this is vibrating in two different things and it should be one. So now you are not safe, which is what it really goes back to. So the horse will respond, whether to move away from that state, from that unsafe piece or to come in to try to move some energy for you. They do a ton of phenomenal pieces with the energy work, but we are speaking like molecular grade five science energy. Thing. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to know quantum physics to understand this piece either, but it is really about how the energy moves within our bodies and how our physiological bodies change with emotion and with physical changes. And you know, and it's so important because if 
We don't understand how a horse only thinks, acts, and responds like a horse. This is where some things that happen out there, if we're putting humanness onto a horse, it's not truth. Yeah, they don't think. And we only have to, we have to go to their language. We have to go to their world. And that's why we go to the wild herd, because that's the truth. We as humans have to make the change to understand them. They don't have to try to understand us because we all know we are confusing human beings because we have a prefrontal cortex, (laughs) but it's good. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. This really resonates with me when we think about our leadership skills, because we're Russell and I are often talking about how when you're working with an employee or a member of your team, you can't uh, always expect them to come to your way of thinking. You as the leader um, need to be adopting a kind of a servant leader mindset where you need to be identifying how they're thinking and you need to begin thinking like like they are. And, and then from that position, you can begin to uh, lead them towards change. So, and, and I see you nodding on our on our Zoom call. Here. Yeah, I see that we're in agreement around that point. Can you tell me more leadership lessons? Like, how is more of this aligned with leadership lessons that our listeners might be able to to put into practice? I think the biggest thing I always like to start with when it comes to leadership, you know, the old phrase, "You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink." It's not even true. You aren't even getting them to the water if they don't want to go and you are not preparing in some leadership format. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be the CEO of a company or the head of cheerleading squad or like a leader in that way. But it's, again, being that leader of, yes, that's where we're going and here we go doing it. If you doubt, totally different aspect. And that's intention. Here's here's the doubt in a human. We think something, we feel something. It's like, no, no. No, I I don't think I can do it. Well, again, now here the horse, literally 1,200 pounds, says, I ain't following you. I will not budge. You cannot even make me budge (laughs) if this is how he's going to show his teaching moment, right? Because it could go the other way way where the horse just keeps moving because he's trying to get away from this unsafety piece. So it really is in a moment the human makes the change the horse suggests because here we think now, okay, let's breathe. Let's just change. I know I can move over there. Where are you going in life? Just over there somewhere. Well, what's over there? You got to know where you're going in life. If you don't know where you're going, the horse ain't going to follow. So then they adjust themselves. So you have that breathe. You, you change your body. Body language is huge to horses versus, I, I know I can do this. Well, no, no, it's got to be put out the girls, put out the tech. Chesticles. I was going to say something else. <laughs> Without the chesticles, let's change that format. Change your thought, your feel. Now do it because now you know where you're going in life. And boom, the horse doesn't. Yeah. And so I'm also hearing the. I'm also hearing about leadership presence in this. I'm also hearing about how you, as the leader, uh, need to be like present in the moment and authentically so. Absolutely. The mindfulness piece of owning where you are. If you're working with a horse and you're thinking about what you're going to make for dinner, doesn't roll. Best of luck to you. Because they're like, "Mm, I'm good, thanks. Right? You have to be really in the moment when you're working with horses. And even about the adjusting yourself personally, like how you are holding your body language, how you are mentally in the moment with that piece. It's all about the really leadership when it breaks down to it. Because if you're hunched over... And you can be as clear as you want, but you still don't feel the same confidence as you do with your shoulders back or anything else working with a horse, right? It's a completely different presentation that you have of yourself that you feel yourself as well. 
And you know, that's the best part of what a horse does give to you. They actually make you accountable for living in a moment because you see a horse doesn't live in past, nor does a horse live in future. They have stacked memory like us, which means they can still recall a memory that's happened to them, but they never think, is Carrie going to feed me tonight? They can't even possibly go there. They live only in a moment, which makes us live in the moment, which makes us what? (gasps) Be calmer and be here because you can't go anywhere else. You cannot think about the bill that's past due. You can't go to that place because a horse will not feel safe with you. And and there's a humbling factor, which I think is very important in in leadership as well, is that you do have to be a humble leader in the fact of knowing you can always grow. If you think you've learned everything in your entire life about leadership, nope, you got to go right back onto the the drawing board because you got lots more to learn, right? And it is something that horses will continue to do is humble us because it's not about pretending like you have the confidence. So being confident mm-hmm. about being in that moment, owning that moment. And I'm sorry, when you walk in and there's a 1500 pound horse beside you, there's something humbling and a mildly intimidating about that, that you have to work through too. But when that same 1500 pound horse follows you willingly, <sighs> there is no better feeling in the entire world on earth. And you know, for leadership, I do have to sorry, tell you one more thing besides you have to be authentic. They really demand that peace and being the leader within. And I love that because that means every human has their own gift, their own special talent to being authentic to that piece. But think of a herd. Well, and if you don't know a herd, but in the wild herd, if they have to take off and flight because a horse has prey, horses prey and has flight. Mm-hmm. Not all prey animals do. They have both. So here they go in flight because they got to go for safety. The head of the herd We'll never do a look back. What's a look back to a human? I doubt that the horse is coming with me. I'm doubting. Where is he? A herd, they will never look back at horses. When they're in flight, they're like, I'm the leader and they will follow me because that's what a leader needs to do. You don't doubt who's following you because the herd knows the leader is going to get them to safety. So it's that same parallel to what we definitely can use in our own lives in our own team events, in our own business, our own family, everything. Yeah. Okay, and one of the things that, thank you, that's really sort of uh, uh, expanded and explained that for our listeners, it's going to have a much better understanding of, of, of the power of the horse in that way. And one of the things I always liked um, with the work that I've done with you is this, this idea for leaders about you having to align things. Yeah? The energy has to be aligned. Your mindset has to be aligned. Um, and as your point saying earlier on, you, know, you can't be thinking about what you're going to cook for supper when you're about to address your team on, you know, the latest business change that affects everybody. You have to be all in at that moment. And I think that's one of the things that the, the horse is, is teaching people when they're in those workshops. So I, I, you mentioned the herd earlier, Carrie. I'd like to sort of come back to this um, and get you uh, to explain perhaps how how is the culture within a herd of similar to the culture within a team of people? Because you don't just use this uh, training for individuals, you also use it for teams. So how is this similarity between the herd of horses and, and the team of people? We will get so excited. We can't even wait to talk. So how this would roll, so in a herd, a wild herd, you would have the stallion who would be the CEO of an organization. Then you would have your lead mayor who would be maybe your president or your VP, however that big organization is set up. 
Then you would have your band of mirrors. Now, band of mirrors are the mirrors within that are going to be looking after certain components, but they would be the managers of the organization. And then we take our little fillies who are the female. The fillies are kind of, they would be the employees to the band of mirrors. This is our favorite piece because our band of mirrors are our managers. In paralleling it to our organizations, those managers have a pod of employees, anywhere from seven to 12. Interesting enough, even for our st- our band of, um, I'm sorry, our herds, a stallion can have up to 20 mares on his own. However, most of the wild herds that you would see, his band can go anywhere from seven to 15 mares. So it, it fits very nicely to whom our, well, our horses are. And of course, then we have one more part in the wild herd, and that is called our bachelor group. Our bachelor group are the boys that get kicked out of the herd when it's time to what? Have some fun. (laughs) So they got to get out of there because there's only one stallion. They don't share no having fun in that situation. So we call those paralleling it to business, the laid off. (laughs) They've been They're seeking other employment. Yeah. My favorite part, my favorite (laughs) parallel with herds to horses or just like teams to people is that every single horse within a herd has a purpose and Mm -hmm. has a job. There's no dead weight. Every single human being within a group, whether it be at work, with it being your family, whatever that group may be, everyone's got to have a purpose and pull their weight in that too. And that's what keeps the performance going. If we can all work like a herd of horses do where everybody, yeah, okay, we might buy a little bit for who's going to be on top and that kind of thing. But when the lead mare gets challenged and she says, uh, no, not your time yet. The other mare doesn't go away thinking, oh, what a bag. I yeah. She's sleeping her way to the top, right? Or something like that. They don't do that. It's over in that moment. You're not ready yet. Everybody has their purpose. Whereas humans, we get all of our extra humanness in there sometimes and sometimes we have so much extra going on that maybe there is people in there that their job is not being done properly, or there's people that don't have the same purpose or feel for of purpose for the company as well. And that's where you can run into performance issues too, because only you got some dead weight that you're hauling around with you. Okay. And I, I like the idea that you say, well, the you know, every horse in the herd has has a role and they have a purpose and they have a value. And I think that's a nice parallel to our, our human teams that you were recognizing that regardless of the hierarchy and what somebody's job title is, they still have a a role to play. They have a value to play. And when we shouldn't forget that. And sometimes we do. You know, people are considered to be not as important because their job title isn't as important as someone else's. And yet the reality, without them, um, everything sort of falls apart. Yeah. Well, look at what we've recently run into with the custodial staff who became super important in the last couple of years, right? right? And nobody ever wanted to be, you know, I don't want to be called a janitor or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, very important people. Very so, important. It's always good to remember that everybody within any team has a purpose within Absolutely. it. And speaking of purpose, tell me, how did you find your purpose? How did you get into this work? You go, because you, uh, you put me in here. Yeah, no, I, I know, exactly. You know, and it's funny, but it really, since I've been a little girl, like I moved 25 times as a child, my mom was a single mom, and I always wanted a horse growing up, and she always promised me she would get me a horse. Well, my mom is super poor, which I am so thankful for, because 
we learned lots and characters throughout that piece. But what she did do for me, because she couldn't buy me the whole thing, she bought me a 25 cent garage used book on a horse. And I tell you, that is what created the dream inside of me to, to work with these magnificent creatures. You see one, you're just like you live in a moment and just smell one. It's like life-changing. So I always wanted it, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. So I always had the dream. I, I have to be on a farm. I have to be on an acreage. I have to have horses, but I didn't know exactly what it was until the path actually opened for me about equine assisted learning. And I'm like, what? You can actually work with horses without being on top of them. You can actually have a business that has objectives and research that can help human beings. I was like blown away. So I was like in heaven when this happened, but my dream did not really take place. I mean, there's purpose all along the path for each of us, but the real huge purpose piece for me was when I'm like, what am I doing with my life with this purpose? Because if I die tomorrow, do I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to be doing on earth? And there was still something lacking. It needed the horse in it. So I got it just before I turned 40. And that's when I actually asked Carolyn after I got to know her a little and actually liked her. Then I asked her. She didn't know how much she was going to like. No, I didn't. I actually (laughs) didn't. That was a story on its own. But uh, I loved the way that she worked within the organization that I was managing before and how committed she was. And she didn't even like, she didn't even know know if I liked horses or not. Like I had seen them at the Calgary Stampede. They looked real pretty and everything like that. But she told me this. I'm going to start this business where horses are helping to teach people life skills. I was like, okie dokie. Like, sounds, <laughs> sounds crazy. But when I saw it, that was the moment that I kind of hopped on board because there is something that can be learned. And I mean, I love all sorts of working with animals, dogs, cats, all of our beautiful mm. creatures. However, with the horse, there's something so different about the innate way that they teach because they are that prey animal, because they have flight and because they can only react to stimulus around them. It's very, very different than some of our predators too. Yeah. And then, yeah. The, but I needed her works. because you see, I didn't even know how to do word in the day. No, that's not. right. I didn't even know how to do any of that stuff. So I needed, uh, she has a degree in marketing. So I needed her to do website, all those components. We didn't know for sure if she'd ever be working with horses. No, but, but it worked out you pretty did. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked out pretty good in the end. And then how many years? I don't know. 15, 15 years later, yeah. here we are. That's awesome. And you know, uh, having worked with you, I know you complement each other very well. So you sort of live what you, you preach in that you have different personalities and uh, different ways of working, but they, they really do gel together. Um, and that's why it's always sort of fun to, fun to work with you or to, be, or to be bugged by one or other of you. So that's the other thing. So, uh, <laughs> no, and I have to say, even going with a leadership piece on that, the biggest piece is that we appreciate our differences mm-hmm. instead of trying to fight them. We appreciate we are different communication styles, mm-hmm. very different communication styles. But by appreciating those pieces, that's what allows us to work together and work together pretty well because we know that, okay, you're going to be much more gifted in some areas, whereas I'm going to be a little bit more gifted in others. And we appreciate those factors of it rather than trying to make Carrie talk to me like I need to be talked to or you need to, you know, it doesn't work that way. We really had to recognize our communication styles and work nicely together and appreciate those pieces about each other too. Play together. We we had to be nice together. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and has, has been admitted on our, our conversation today. Um, Carrie actually likes you. So, I mean, there, there we are. <laughs> if she hadn't told you that before in 15 years since it's come out on our, on our show today. So uh, that, that's that's a relief to, that's a relief, relief to know. So, I, I, I like your team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, it's reciprocal. So this is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I'd like to do, we have a slight sort of change of pace. Um, we, we call this sort of quick fire questions, which often are not quick <laughs> anyway. But uh, we, we like to ask um, a sort of just a bit of an interlude as we move into the second part of our conversation. So I'm going to ask this of each of you, and you can decide which one is, is going to answer first. So we'd like you though, to tell our listeners if there is a favorite movie, a TV show, or book that perhaps you've um, – watched or read recently that you feel teaches an important life lesson okay so you can you can give us one each um, there are bonus points available if that uh, movie tv show or book has a horse in it and no you can't use mr ed uh i can go first when i have just finished reading a sergeant reckless and it's about a horse in the korean war uh, that actually was made into a sergeant after. And I, it's not like a life lesson that's super profound in it, more so than I, they just don't ever underestimate the capabilities of any person or animal. I think, and that's, it's, it's, good. it's such a good book. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Makes me wave my hands all over the place. Yeah, Sergeant Reckless, excellent and, book. And so for everyone listening here, Carrie is waving her hands around at the moment while talking about <laughs> Sergeant Reckless. So it's a, a, a strong <laughs> hand-waving um, endorsement. Uh, and Carrie, <laughs> what, what, Carrie, what about what about for you? And then also, how are you going to gesture that you uh, you like it so much? Is there a, a different gesture for yourself other than hand waving? <laughs> well, for me, the, the movie Sea Biscuit. Hmm. I think Sea Biscuit is one of the most amazing movies ever made out there. And Sea Biscuit is it's a true story. It is on a horse who is so small. And he was like, no, he'll never make it in life. He's never going to go far in life. We should just put him down. He's a piece of crap. Okay, we'll just take him to the thoroughbred place and we'll run him until he dies sort of thing. And in all reality, he saved all of those humans' lives and all of their souls because each of the humans' characters within the story, they were all lost, all hurt, and they needed to come together for this one horse who connected them all. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. I've watched it, yeah. I swear, a hundred times. Uh, and side note for another one that would probably be for both of us would be Finding Nemo. We believe that <gasps> just keep swimming is yes. something that everyone should regularly think of. 100%. We yeah. refer to Finding Nemo regularly. like daily. <laughs> yeah. And really and honestly, I think Dory is the horse. I had a, a right? blog, leadership lessons according to finding Nemo. Yeah. So there, there's lots in there. She's so cool <laughs> and so authentic Love and her. so honest and just needs to feel safe when she remembers. So it's so beautiful. <laughs> but and I I I think I think there's a seahorse somewhere in finding but I love your metaphor that Dory is the horse because of the learning issues, but also living in the moment and also just her, her, her authenticity, which ties us back to those great leadership lessons that you were teaching me in the first half of our. our yeah, yeah. So we still get the bonus points. Yes. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> half bonus points for that. <laughs> so hard on us, Ken. <laughs> Wait, because well, you didn't give us a gesture to go with the, to go with Seabiscuit. So do you have oh. a, that goes with that uh, that our listeners can imagine 
A gesture, yeah. Oh, I think you were like, yeah. I, I, I think it's more of this. Like it's like this. the connection with heart and soul, and you fall from your toes because it's so amazing. And what a horse can do for a human being on this earth. She is currently grasping her chest in a self hug sort of <laughs> amazing. <manner>. This. <laughs> And the, uh, the, the the description descriptive narrative that's really excellent. <laughs> um, so let's bring us back to the to the main thread of our conversation here. We've we've talked a lot about the um, just kind of the psychology of the horses. You've talked about how it can be applied to leadership. What leaders can get from working with horses. Tell me more. What tools or mental models do you use in your work? when you're trying to uh, teach these leadership lessons either to your practitioners or perhaps there's a different set of tools or mental models that you're using when you're uh, 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 certifying or training trainers? A big one for me is the Miro, actually, mm-hmm. that uh, Russ introduced this, introduced it. <laughs> he did introduce it to us. And all, all of us. Yeah, it's about communication, <laughs> if you can believe it. <laughs> but the uh, Miro behavioral assessment piece is huge when we are training our facilitators. And we refer back to it regularly when we work with any of our clients, because it's really not about communicating in our style. It's about understanding what people need out of communication on their end of things so that we can have those quality conversations and bring people into a comfortable and safe feeling environment. Because just like horses, believe it or not, we also have to feel safe, especially when we're learning it outside of our comfort zone. So we reflect back on the Myro a lot. Often, because, you know, here's... Time out. Uh, And I'm just going to ask Russell to... uh... Chime in, Russell. Give us a quick, quick descriptor of the Miro behavioral assessment for our listeners that aren't familiar with it. Okay, yeah. So, so, so Miro is a, a psychometric tool uh, which allows you to do a, a quick fifteen-minute sort of questionnaire uh, with a number of questions uh, for you to answer, and then it bases on your both leadership and communication style based upon those questions. And one of the reasons why I like it, and why I know that that Carrie and Carolyn like it, is because it's you know it's fifteen minutes to explain it, fifteen minutes to do it, and fifteen minutes to review the results. You don't need a, a PhD in psychology to be able to use it as you do with some of the other tools uh, but in a lot less than 15 minutes you're basically showing uh four if we look just at the communication piece four main communication styles and that you've got somebody that's a driver um very much just sort of energetic come on let's go let's get things done um maybe carrie might be a driver yeah um, we've got our energizer which somebody used um upbeat looking for new ideas uh new challenges very very innovative yeah, also a little bit there uh, for, for Carrie. And then we've got more of our um, organizer, which is not necessarily that they are organized, but they're looking at um, how we're seeing that everything, everybody is safe, is everybody okay? It's the sort of um, nurturing more, which is a little bit more uh, you, Carrie, and then uh, sorry, uh, Carolyn, sorry. And then we have our analyzer, which is the more the detail person. Again, uh, which, is, which is Carolyn, which is you can see with our two guests how they work so well together because they complement each other here. And our analyzer is somebody who is good at being able to look at the detail to see what needs to be the next thing that we need to work on. Okay. So if you only have people that are energizers and drivers, they're all let's go, let's do something new. We also need our organizer analyzers who are going to be, okay, so let's get our steps lined up of what we need to do. Um, and then it's to make sure that we've got every everybody on board. Um, so that's a brief synopsis of what, what Myro's about. And uh, yeah, perhaps back over to you, you ladies, in terms of your the tools that you're using. 
Well, you know, oh, I was just going to say with the organizer, we also like to call them our Miss Americas because really all they want at the end of the day is world peace. Just everyone to work beautifully together. (laughs) And, you know, I love the Myro piece for the, well, from our second day on and for the rest of our lives being, Mm -hmm. you know, an entrepreneur is huge. And we have to learn, and that's why I love the Myro is you have to change the communication because we're all in the pie. So we all have a piece of it. We have to change the language for our clients. Our clients aren't changing for us. That's being a leader when you can hear just because they say, you know, I think I need to do it this way. You're already having a cue that this human needs to be talked to using different words than the human that I felt amazing when I did that. Those are the, oh, you, that's so good. You can touchy feely. You can take it to a different place. But that's really being a leader and and being an entrepreneur and being someone who owns a business, being someone who wants to be the leader of their own life is understanding. We have to hear others around us and what it is that they need from us because we can change in those modes. And I love that ability. I think the other big tool that we use is our own um, fundamental (laughs) principles. We don't use them. I know. (laughs) Our own fundamental principles and form of delivery. Those are a big piece, especially when you have the people that do need, like I need the bullet point piece. I need to know how is this going to work? Why is it going to work? The form of delivery and fundamental principles of our program are what is the solid piece behind it and why we can get to an objective each and every time clients come in. And why we can actually get to a result Mm -hmm. because the predictable outcome has been designed in. But if we change that form of delivery in any way, We are not going to get the result that we've promised our clients that we can get. And that's the best part. I don't know of too many things in this entire world where you can be promised to have a a result. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but you will be if you're continually using that model and that form of delivery. It'll be different for every single person that comes through the doors, but there's still always going to be that skill development for that objective reached. Okay, so thank you. Well, you mentioned about being uh, an entrepreneur um, and obviously uh, heading up a global empire, as we talked about earlier, with your your folks all around the world who are doing this doing this work. So, as a slight change, because we have some of our listeners who are working in businesses, some people own their own businesses. What's the biggest unexpected challenge that you've had as an entrepreneur with this business? Uh, COVID. Yeah, like are we are we not talking about that? You can have you can have COVID. No, no bonus points for COVID because everybody's got COVID. That that's the easy answer, Carrie. Oh, okay. um, other than COVID, what's okay. the biggest challenge that you've had? Uh, for well, I think the hugest thing that happened for me personally is. I'm starting to get the business going. This is a hard business. It wasn't just being an entrepreneur for all of the skills that I brought to the business. I know how to make business roll. Couldn't make the business roll. We finally hire an outside coach, which I would now 100% believe in. Outside coaches are the cat's meow. Why? They think completely outside the box. And I like that. But once we finally got everything rolling, I lost my mom and four horses in eight weeks in 2011. And then I lost a fifth horse. Now, at that moment in my life, finally getting to my dream of a lifetime, I am yelling, yes, yelling at the moment to God, saying, if this is the way you are showing me with a sign to not do this business, I do not appreciate it. Because my heart was torn apart. 
And, you know, I never remember exactly what happened because it was, I was yelling at God because I had to, I had a, a horse that just passed away and he bled everywhere. So I had to get rid of all the blood for my, for my dogs and it was raining and I was crying and I don't know what the answer ever was, but you know, what I do know is the sign is for all of us dreamers, for all of us who are entrepreneurs, dreams are freaking hard. So what's your sign, Carrie? Is your sign to say to give up or is your sign there to say, how are you going to move through all of this with loss, with hurt, with pain, with no money, Having to start fresh again with horses, how are you going to do it, girl? Is this your dream? And I said, by cracky, it is. And let me just put on my boots again. And here we go. And of course, horses came into my life. So that was, to me, the toughest mm -hmm. thing on earth to go through. But to me now, I always know any human on earth that has a dream, be very aware. It will be the hardest thing that you do. But your sign will always be, how do you move through everything? Because how many people get to have their dream? Hardly yeah. anyone, because they're thinking the sign is to continually quit. It's never to quit. It's to move through it and show what you're made of. Okay, that, that section, I think, is a wonderful um, a point to have for people because I think that's the other part of that never, never quitting. And I, and I remember, you know, we've, we've spoken about this before. You've, you've, you've told me that, that story in the past and it's a bit like, well, how much do you really want this? Because yeah. if you really want this, then you're going to carry on. If you, if you, if you quit, did you really want it that much? Or was it just a, well, that sounds like a nice thing to do. You know, running my own business sounds nice, but mm. anybody, you know, Ken and I both run our businesses um, and, you know, we have an inkling that it's hard. Um, and it's always hard. It never quite gets into the, the easy part because there's always something else, and that's where we can perhaps reference back to COVID that comes in out of left field and kicks you in the seat of the pants, and you're not expecting it, and now you've got to sort of you know, re dust yourself down, as you say, put your boots on, and uh, and, and, go, and go again. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, as, as we think about those challenges that you've been living through, and you, you know, you, you've, been, you've been living it for 15 years now, so you're getting to the point now, I'm sure, of thinking about like the, the next phase. If you could think about what you would like to be remembered for by others, my most like to be remembered for. For myself would be the number one thing is I always put the horse first. That's the number one thing. So the horse for my business. But I think for me, being remembered on earth would be she always knew I had a gift because I do believe every human has a gift. But I feel as humans, we get so bogged down, we lose ourselves that we sometimes forget how special and unique we are on this earth. And it is my purpose to, I know it through every human who enters into my life and into my facility. My purpose is to help them understand the great gift they have and I feel that they would remember me for that piece it's a good one I'm uh wow we remembered for this isn't too deep <laughs> <laughs> like on your tombstone what do you want yeah. written? well we had finding Nemo earlier on that was the light piece wow. now yeah, that's the heavy piece so. there. um I think I would like people to be uh maybe some resilience piece of it and that's the crap that continually happens in life, you can still go through it and you can still uh, have humor, have a positive attitude. You can still put on your big girl panties every morning and get up and do and get through things. 
and that you can empower others while you do it. I think knowing that you always have a gift to give back and that even though it's sometimes your hardest time in your own life, when you still give that, I think I'd like people to notice that about me. I don't know about the gravestone. I mean, you guys can decide that after. <laughs> but I, I don't care. Uh, that's 50-50. I'm not, I'm not sure whether you're getting one. That'll just, that'll just depend. Yeah. I thought you were going to live forever. That was the That was the, that was the, <laughs> that was the initial plan, right? Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> that we all die. <laughs> we all die. Every single one of us die. I think humans forget. Oh, that is huge that's because piece, yeah. that's the thing I have said since I actually was even a motivational speaker in my younger years. I always talked about death because death to me is something that humans forget that they're going to do. And why I think of it in such a positive way, which is like a horse, it helps me to live in a moment knowing this can be my last day. Why do we think we're going to live forever? Why do we think we're going to have the dream one day? It will work out that Mm -hmm. I do it. It doesn't work like that. We don't know what moment on this time on earth that we're going to die and dying in a good way because we live when we know we're going to die. That's how I believe in the death piece. Yeah. Well, I, I David reminded me of that, Carrie, because I remember you. Obviously, you was who would say this at workshops, and the look on people's faces when you would say that were like, "I, I thought we were coming here for a, for a team building event, and then now we're being reminded we're all going to die." But I, 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 I like the point where you say it's about living for today and making the most of an opportunity. Don't always, you know, we, we, there's so many stories, and well, I think we probably know in our own sort of you know, personal circle of, of friends and family, people who have put things off. They were going to do this when they retire. They were going to do this next week. They were going to do, and something else happened. They never did it. It was always something they were going to do. And I think you were epitomizing, I mean, your comment there and also your work with your business is always something about, no, if you, if you want to do it, then do it. It's either going to go well or it isn't, but at least do it and not, always be something you're hoping to do and then the, the opportunity goes so I, i'd like us to close out the the, the uh, conversation um with an opportunity of what are you currently working on uh something that is there a program you're launching is there something you're very passionate about that your business is doing at the moment that you'd like our listeners to know about we have two major yeah, things well. actually but i think the big one then you can talk about the mints because that's oh, okay, pretty cool. okay is our online at your own pace certification course because we now know we've had to change the business around. And again, you quit or you move forward. So we changed it all. And we've made it so globally people can still get the strong foundation in becoming certified because it's like a four-month online course. They can run their business from Dubai but they don't even have to worry about coming to be able to literally do the hands-on component because we've created a new piece with our tutorial videos with us having those videos to be able to show our humans what we're looking for when the horse talks, how we can do those step-ins. So if the world never does open up, and I don't like to use that word never, but you know, preparing people that you can still do a business mm-hmm. like this It's taken us way more with videotaping, but you can do it from Dubai and you don't have to worry about the no traveling piece. Yes. If it's just something that just doesn't work for you, we can still help you to get your dream and helping a human being to be able to be empowered and move forward through the power of the horse. And if you can come, do. Oh yeah. We love that. And we're pretty awesome. Like it's, it's a fun time that you'll have. You definitely want to come and experience all of those pieces as well. But even in like, Carrie was saying, if this ends up being that this is going to be a longer term 
where travel is difficult and that sort of thing as well, then, you know, if you can do it this way and then two years, you want to come visit, come visit. We'll find, you know, we'll make it all work too because we, it is that support for forever. So we don't have to worry about just saying, oh, this is your only chance for anything because you're with us forever and always, unless you want to leave us, yeah. but you wouldn't. No, no. The other big thing is... Well, and this is a gift, I have to say, that we've had over the last little bit because we have switched up our style of thinking things too, is that less is more. So we aren't going to be offering a gazillion schools throughout the year or that sort of thing. We decided that we need to prioritize our balance in life. Yeah. (laughs) So with that piece, we also brought out and we've been able to create programs such as Building Men. So these are going to be, we have workshops for women already, and now we're moving into the men's side of things. So it's going to be building men workshops for men to help them develop the skills that they need to move forward in their lives for whatever it may be, whether it's building communication, whether it's wanting to work with their families in a different way, whatever those end results are for them, these objectives and these skills are going to help them get there. And this has been so much fun Mm -hmm. building these programs. And we actually get to work with an organization weekly called the Calgary Dream Center. We Love, Love the men. Love the men. So phenomenal. Such an amazing group to work with. And that's where we got this idea for the Building Men Workshop. And it's actually going to be available to our facilitators as well. So not just in the Calgary area, but... Globally. Globally. Yeah. So that's another big piece that we're very excited and very proud of. Because you guys need some stuff too. Yeah. Right? You guys are cool dude ladies. And then you got to... Well, I'm sorry, us women and brains sometimes. Yeah, we mess you guys up. We know it. So yeah. we want to help you get through it. <laughs> Don't tell us that, but we're aware. Yeah, we, yeah. we know these things. Yeah. Dream of telling you that, but thank you for acknowledging it so that I have to and get the shit kicked out of me. So thanks yeah, very much. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Don't repeat it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just play the video. We'll edit that out of the podcast. No, we won't. <laughs> I really want to thank the two of you for uh, bringing this this vibrancy, this energy, this life to our conversation, for reminding me how to be present around horses, for reminding me how to be present around humans so that I can deal better with Russell on a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Also, we can learn to be we learn to be men together, Russell and I. So um With that, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to our listeners for joining us because that wraps up this episode of our podcast. We hope that you listeners enjoyed it as much as Carrie and Carolyn did, Um, but we certainly enjoyed having them here. Remember to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the link with your friends, your colleagues. And of course, you can always reach out to Russell and I at the email address in the show notes. Goodbye for now, and we'll effing talk to you soon.